Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. All right, we're going to jump in this morning to our, our message, and I believe the Lord's going to speak to us today. We're continuing our series on devoted prayer. Let me just encourage you to jump on to the podcast if you haven't had a chance to do so. I was showing Pastor Rick this week. We have had literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people listen to our podcast from all over the place. Uh, you wouldn't believe it. United Kingdom, Sweden, Central America, uh, all over the United States. I mean, there were m- dozens and dozens of downloads from states. We've got uh, California. We've got Ohio. I mean, we've got Tennessee, of course. We've just People are finding our podcast, and it's just amazing. So would you help us preach this morning an amen so they know if somebody's in the room? Can I have an amen? But let me encourage you to jump in and review. I don't have much time to, to review today, but this will really bless you, and it will change your perspective on prayer. How many of you would like to have a living, active prayer life? How many would like to see your prayers answered? I have a real passion to help people see your prayers answered. And we've been on a journey where we saw that the early church was completely devoted to prayer. In the New Testament church now in America, prayer is kind of something that we do, or prayer is kind of a, we have a prayer service once a month, or we have a special prayer time. But the early church was really characterized by a devotion to prayer. They prayed without ceasing, time and time again, Acts 1, Acts 2, Acts 6, all the way through. We see Colossians 1, Romans 12. It says they were devoted to prayer. They had a passion and a commitment to pray because they believed that God heard them and they believed that their prayers would be answered. And then we gave you some rewards to prayer. And I don't have time to get into that this morning. But we gave you eight rewards to pray. When you pray, Matthew 6 says, when you give, there's a reward. I mean, that's a pretty good system. It says, when you pray, there's a reward. And it says, when you fast, there's a reward. So God rewards our diligence in seeking Him, and He rewards our prayer. And then we begin to take a look at the Lord's Prayer. And we're hoping to show you the Lord's Prayer in a new way, in a new light. Let's go ahead and just read it together. And I want us to do this each week. Hopefully you will remember this. How many of you grew up in a church that recited the Lord's Prayer on a regular basis? Yeah. My grandmother's church did. We would always leave the service and close with that. And there's some real important things to just reciting the Lord's Prayer. But it's actually a model that Jesus gave us to help us connect with the Lord and to help us connect with the Father. And so let's just read it together, and then we will jump in to our teaching today. He said, in this manner, pray. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus gave such a good prayer. It was such a good little sermon for the disciples that he amened himself. (laughs) And so I'm with Jesus this morning. I say amen to that. And last time we were together, we talked about our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we talked about God is our Father. He's a good Father. He's not withholding from us. And we should approach God from a position of inheritance. 
not unworthiness. We should approach our Father as someone who wants to bless us and someone who wants to love us. And we said, hallowed be your name, meaning there's no evil associated with God. He's totally good, 100% holy, 100% pure. There's no evil found in our Father. And we said, your will be done. We realized last week that our prayers can change and direct the will of God. The will of God is not just up to some, you know, something that might happen, might not. Our prayers can actually affect the kingdom of God and the will of God. That's why Jesus said, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. If the will of God was just going to automatically happen, why would Jesus teach them to pray? He's teaching them to pray a prayer of surrender and a prayer of sacrifice, a prayer of your, not my will, but your will be done. Your kingdom come and let me see it in my life. What's going on in heaven? Let's find out what's going on in heaven and let's help with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bring that to the earth. That's what Jesus prayed. And we spent about 40 minutes last week teaching through that. If you have never thought about your prayers can affect and direct and change and, and help uh, move the will of God and the kingdom of God, please check out last week because it will help you grow in a tremendous way. So today we're going to talk about this phrase, give us this day our daily bread. And I thought and I thought and I thought about what could we do. I wanted to give a little thing of bread and I asked my wife, hey, would you break, bake 40 loaves of bread? And she turned me down. <laughs> so no bread for you this morning. But I wanted to bring a little loaf of bread or something. You ought to have seen her face when I said, would you bake 40 loaves of bread? She's like, uh, no. <laughs> in, in all fairness, we had a busy, busy day yesterday. And we had a, a celebration for our new baby girl. Isn't that so exciting? Please pray for me. God will not put on you more than you can bear. And well, that's a lot of ladies in the house, but God will help us. Amen. So let's talk about this today. Give us this day our daily bread. I believe you'll never think of this prayer the same after this teaching, especially this series. But even today, give us this day our daily bread. This is so, so powerful in so many ways. Let's just repeat this phrase all together. Ready? Say it together. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I, I want to point out the first thing this morning, number one, concerning bread. Bread in the Bible represents natural provision. I heard a story just this week of a, of a little boy who wanted a brother and sister and wanted, wanted his family to grow, but he was an only child. And his dad said, well, son, why don't you pray? Why don't you pray about a little brother, a little sister? So the little boy prayed for a month and nothing happened. The little boy prayed for two months and nothing happened. So the little boy prayed a third month, and then seemingly nothing had happened. And so he quit praying, and a few months went by, and uh, his dad picked him up one day and took him to the hospital and, and pulled back the curtain, and there was a brand-new little brother. And then he pulled back the curtain a little bit more, and there was another brand-new little brother. And then he pulled the curtain back one more time, and there was a brand-new little sister. And the father got down and said, Now, son, aren't you so glad that you prayed? And the little boy said, Aren't you glad I stopped after three months? <laughs> God wants to answer our prayers. Somebody quit praying for me to have kids. <laughs> Praise God. God answers our prayers. You know, God in Scripture reveals himself as a provider. A lot of deities, a lot of false gods or, or man-made gods are very selfish and self-centered in the fact that it's all of what you can do for them. I was in the airport traveling back from Argentina, 
And there is a group there, I won't name the group, but there is a group that is, is really a false religion and they go around and, and it's the folks that ride the bicycles and you can figure out you know, who it is. And, and here I am with this great evangelist uh, who's been in the ministry for you know, 50 years and, and, uh, and we're sitting in the airport and this young man in the suit and his little badge, he came up, sat down and started talking to us and I thought, oh boy, you picked the right people to come to today. Here we are all fired up from this great harvest in Argentina and, and we, you know, he just, you know, he began to share and, and we, we began to ask him and just talk to him and we had such a heart, I had such a heart for this young man and I believe the Lord sent him, he thought he was coming to proselytize us but the Holy Spirit had an encounter for this young man waiting on him and we spent about 20 minutes talking with him and and one thing that came out in this talk was that he he could not say for sure that he was going to go to heaven when he died. He could not say for sure that, that, and because he was working, 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 and there's only so many that get in, and if you're one of the top, if you do the best, then you might make the cut. And ladies and gentlemen, that's not our God. That's not our Father. He's, he's trying to include as many people as he can. The Bible says to him who believes, he gives you the power to become a child of God. And so God is a good God and God is a giver. And one of the very first names we see of God in the scriptures is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. That's so fun to say. Say it with me. Say Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. So you know the story. Many of you know the story about Abraham. He had one son way back in Genesis 22. He had one son, and God had given Abraham a promise. He said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And his wife was barren, and she was very old, maybe 90 years old, when God finally gave them a child. And the boy begins to grow. And God calls Abraham to give his son over to the Lord. And it's a real step of faith. And Abraham obeys and starts going up this mountain to really honestly give his son to, to the Lord. And all of a sudden, uh, they, they say, you know, Abraham, where are you going? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. We will be back. The Lord will provide. And what happened is God provided a ram in the thicket. Many of you know the story to take the place of his son. And Abraham didn't have to offer his son to the Lord. And so what a powerful testimony of Jesus he was our uh, ram in the thicket. He was the one that took our place. And so the thing that Abraham said, he said, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. It's one of the first things that we see God revealing himself to mankind. I will provide. I will meet your needs. But now God's provision is not just for our jobs and not just for our homes. And God's provision is not just for our families. It's really, he has an eye on every area of your life. God has an eye on every area of your life, even the small things. The Lord is concerned with that in your life. Now, Jesus quotes here, give us this day our daily bread. Many scholars believe he's talking about Exodus 16. Let's turn there. If you've got your Bibles or your phone, flip over to Exodus 16 and we'll look at it on the screen. So the children of Israel are complaining to Moses that they don't have any food. They're saying, did you bring us out here to die? They've been delivered from the land of Egypt, and now they're, they're just wandering in the desert. And, and Moses talks to the Lord. And Now, this is where we see manna from heaven. How many of you have ever heard of manna from heaven? This is an interesting term. The word manna actually means, what is it? Many people think manna means bread, but manna doesn't mean bread. Manna in the Hebrew actually means, what is it? And so how many know, how many know that uh, sometimes we think everything's all spiritual, and they were just like, what is it? <laughs> 
manna, what is it? <laughs> That's how he came up with that word. So what would happen is God would, would every day, he would send manna down from heaven. And they would gather that. And I want to show you some things here in this principle. Verse number four, you can read on the screen. So the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven to you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. Now, I want you to notice this here about provision. We're talking about God provides our daily bread. Notice God did not put the manna inside of their tents, inside of their cabinets, and inside of their containers. They actually had to go out and gather what God provided. And in our world today, we would love to sit on our couch and sit on our chair and God just magically put money in our bank account. But money is there. We just have to go out and gather it. We have to go out and work. Somebody said one time, I want you to pray for me for prosperity. Well, do you have a job? Well, no. Well, there's a good place to start. Can I have a man? How many know that God spells prosperity J-O-B, job? We spell prosperity just lay down and dump money on me. And God says hard work equals increase. Hard work equals prosperity. I know that's not real popular teaching in America, but it is the Bible. Can I have an amen for the recording? So he says, go out and, and gather the people every day. They'll go every day that I may test them. Now, this is another key here. God will test us with blessings to see if we're still going to follow him. God will test us with blessings to see if we will still be obedient. He'll give you a boat and see if you'll still come to church on Sundays. He'll give you a lake house and see if that becomes more important than him. And so notice this here. I will test them to see if they'll walk in my instructions. Now, number five says on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, notice here, not only did God give them the bread, but it was actually, we'll see a little bit later, it wasn't really bread. It was actually more of a seed in a wheat form. They still had to cook the bread. They still had to prepare the bread. God did his part to provide, but they had to go gather and they had to prepare the, the seed. And it says they will gather twice as much as they did every other day because God wanted them to have a rest God wanted them to have a Sabbath. So let me just clarify this. They would go out six days and they would gather this manna from heaven. And on the sixth day, they would gather twice as much as required so they could take the Sabbath day off. Now let's jump down to verse 13. And I want to just share a few things about this. So the scripture here is tying into this, give us this day our daily bread. Have you ever wondered, I know Susan has, because she's a, a grammarian, I know Susan has wondered, why does the Bible say, give us this day our daily bread? Why doesn't it just say, give us our daily bread? Wouldn't it be appropriate to say, give us our daily bread? But the Bible very strategically says, give us this day our daily bread. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. I believe in my heart it's because God wants us to depend on Him for provision every single day. It's not give us our annual bread. Uh, the American church would like to pray one time a year. Okay, God, I'm going to pray one time this year for provision. Give me my daily bread for the whole year. But God wants us to say every day in our heart for His provision to lean in on Him. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a daily provision. The people of Israel had to go out every single day and depend on God. Yes, we want savings. Yes, we want 401ks. Yes, we want to be smart. Yes, we want to invest. But that doesn't change the fact that every single day, we should depend on the Lord for His provision every single day. Every day when we get up, it should be, give me this day my provision. Give me this day 
my daily bread. God wanted the children of Israel to depend on him every single day for manna. You know, you know the, the Lord designed our bodies. You know we could have eaten monthly. But how many know God designed us to eat daily? Sometimes four, five, six times a day, amen? <laughs> Especially when David makes a cheesecake. Man, I would have cheesecake in the morning, cheesecake for lunch, cheesecake in the noontime, and cheesecake in right before bed. God designed our bodies to eat every day. You know, God could have designed your body to eat monthly, and all the mamas with little babies would have said amen <laughs> instead of every two hours. But God designed you to need air and water and food every single day. And I believe it goes back to God wanting a daily relationship with us. Do you know the whole point of this phrase is give us this day our daily bread? Here's this sermon in a summary nutshell. Depend on God every day for your provision. Talk to God every day about your provision. Have a daily walk and a daily relationship with God. It's not so much about the provision or the bread. It's more of your heart connecting with our Heavenly Father who would like to talk to you on a daily basis. Who would like for you to depend on His grace every single day. So look at verse 13. Let's pick on up in the story. Follow with me as I read it. So they would come out in the evening, and the quails would come up and cover the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. I want you to get this image. See this image in your heart. Verse 14, when the dew evaporated, behold, the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing. Uh, fine as the frost on the ground. Notice this seed here. We, we, we get Sunday School 101 with just giant loaves of Marita bread. We're just raided down from heaven. No, it was a fine-like substance, as fine as the frost. Notice this here, verse 15. This is where it gets real spiritual. <laughs> when the sons of Israel saw it and they said to one another, What is it? That's the word manna. They're like, What is this stuff? What is it? And notice this here. And Moses said, It is the bread which the Lord gives you to eat. And this is what the Lord commanded. Gather every man as much as he should eat. You should take one omer apiece according to the number of persons in your tent. So let me explain this. Go back if you don't care just to that one screen. An omer is just a measurement. You could say one piece, one basket, one cup, one bushel, whatever the measurement you want to use. So if you had five people in your home, you were to go out and gather five omers, not six, not seven, not 15, five. The stingy people who would gather more, it would rot. and They wouldn't be able to eat it. He said, go out and gather what you need. Many times in that society, the, 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 parent, the kids would live with the in-laws, and they would have maybe 20 people in their family. And so if you had 20 people in your household, you were to gather 20 omars, not 15, not 25, you were to gather exactly what you needed. Exactly what you needed. Gather each one as he should eat according to the number of persons in his tent. Verse 17, so Israel did so. Some gathered much and some gathered little. If you were just brand new married and it's just you and your wife, you gathered two Omars. And so you may look at the person who gathered 20 and go, oh my gosh, look how much they got. Look how much they got. They're way more blessed than I am. But it's according to the need. They had a larger need. And so notice here in verse 17, they, some gathered much, some gathered lither. But verse 18, when it was all measured out, everyone had just enough. And Jesus is saying to us to pray, give us this day just what we need. Give us just enough. 
Notice this here. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. Those who gathered only a little had just enough. Each family had just what they needed. In verse 19, Moses said, So let no man leave any of it until the morning. But they did not listen to Pastor Moses. Pastor Moses gave them a good sermon, gave them a good word, but they did not listen to what their sweet pastor was telling them. And so notice this here, that the bread began to get worms in it and became foul, and Moses was angry with them. I told you what to do. God gave me instructions, and you didn't do it. And they gathered it morning by morning, every man, as much as he should eat. But when the sun grew hot, it would melt away. So they had a, a, a span where they could go and gather their provision. God wanted them up early in the morning, wanted them to go out to gather. Then they had to prepare it. If they gathered too much, it would rot and worms would come and take over with it. If they gathered too much on Saturday, they were supposed to gather double. So if you needed five on Saturdays, you gather, or six days, you gather ten. God made sure they had just enough exactly what they needed. So we should pray for the daily needs in our house. My children have needs. So I'm praying every day over the need of my children. Maybe it's educational. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's a spiritual need. Maybe it's a physical need. I'm praying every day over the needs of my house. This is not a real popular verse in American Christianity. Nonetheless, there's a lot of wisdom here. Look at Proverbs 30 and verse 8. Somebody say, give me this day my daily bread. So the... the person here who wrote Proverbs, this is actually different than Solomon. Proverbs 30 and 31 are actually not written by Solomon. They're written by someone else. But there's still a lot of wisdom here. He says, first, help me to never tell a lie. I mean, that's a good, that's a good place to start. I love Proverbs because they're just putting whatever's on their heart. What do I want to talk about today? Well, let's not start out by telling a lie. And then they just go into whatever the Lord leads them. Second, neither give me poverty nor riches. Oh, boy, how many of y'all got that written down in your refrigerator? (laughs) How many of you are claiming that every day? Neither give me poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Now, again, we're not talking about being wise stewards. We're not about saving for the future. We're not. The Bible says there's one who withholds more than is just, and it talks about the fate of that man. So you should withhold and save, but we shouldn't hoard our money. We shouldn't hoard our things. We shouldn't hoard because there are other people around us who have needs. Notice this here. Give me just enough. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me what I need today to satisfy my needs. Look at the next verse in verse 9. For if I'm rich, I may deny it and, and say, who is the Lord? Meaning if I become so wealthy, I may say, I don't need you, God, anymore. I, I did this on my own. Look how smart I am. I'm such a good businessman. Used to, this businessman would depend upon the Lord. Now the company began to grow and grow and grow. Now he thinks he did it, and he doesn't need to depend on God anymore for daily bread. So he says, if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, then I may still thus insult God's holy name. So give me neither poverty, give me neither riches. You know, we got a lot of people in, in American Christianity either preaching a poverty gospel or either preaching a prosperity gospel. And if we're honest, Jesus preached a provision gospel. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. and Don't worry about where your food's going to come because we're praying every single day. I'm leaning into God's grace every single day. Give us this day our daily bread exactly what we need. And it is 
physical. This is your actual physical needs. Bread in scriptures, we can see, represents your physical needs for your family. God is so, so faithful. We were in Argentina, and we were having a great crusade, and, and the Lord began to stir in my heart to bless the pastor that I was traveling with because he told me he's coming back home, and then two weeks later, he was going to Ecuador. And so we're there, and I'm in Argentina, and I'm texting my wife, Tara, and when we call, I call her and talk to her, and I said, hey, the Lord is really stirring my heart to help Brother Steve. He's going to Ecuador in two weeks, and he doesn't have all the funds that he needs for his uh, next pastor's conference. Can we, can we pray about you know, helping him? And in the natural, in the natural, like November and December and January is not a great time for me to be like an extremely generous giver. Because my business slows down. It's typically I work with the real estate and the housing market. And I mean, you know, people don't want to buy houses when there's three inches of snow out in the yard. So typically, historically, our business slows down. Plus, I have like three birthdays in November. We've got Christmas. And you know how my wife, she just wants everything for Christmas. I mean, everything. I'm teasing. So, you know, December and November, it's a very expensive month for us. Typically, I need to save money to get me through the, the, the first quarter, January, February. So it's... It's just not a great time for the Lord to say, I want you to give a sacrificial gift. But we prayed about it, we talked about it, and we felt like the Lord was really leading us. And I wanted to surprise the evangelist, and I wanted him to have a check waiting on him when he got home. So I called Mary, talked to Mary, and I was going to put a check in here at the church. And so she sent a check out from the church, and we were going to put in a, a portion of that that we had prayed about talked about. Because when the evangelist came home, I wanted him to open the mail and find God's provision. That's just how cool God works. I wanted to do that in my heart. And so we did it. We did it. Mary sent it out, and he got the check before he ever got home, and that was, that was what I wanted to do. And, and we put the check in the next week you know, to, to cover what we talked about. And the very next day, I get an envelope from a pastor that I've known for many years, and he says, hey, we've started this project where we bless ministers personally. And I had a check not made out to the church. I had a check made out to me and Tara for the exact amount we sent to the evangelist. Come on, can we give God thanks? I wanted the check to wait on him when he got home, and there was a check waiting on me when I got home. Give us this day our daily bread. And you think that's a miracle. The real miracle is that God timed it, even working through the United States Postal Service. Praise God. Can I have a high five, Linda? She, she works for the Postal Service. That's the real miracle is that he got it there all time. Praise the Lord. But that is the, just one example of the provision of God. We stepped out, and God had already been dealing with someone to bless us, and we had no knowledge about it. I, I got so excited in, in my house. We have a little island. I was like dancing around my little island. I was like, give us this day our daily bread. I mean, it was just, I was doing a little Jewish jig. I mean, it was just, because God is so faithful. Amen. Now, does it happen every time? No, everybody's going to go put checks in the mail now. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way every time. But the Lord knew at this time in our life, we needed to see his faithfulness in a great way. And I have, I've been praying over this message, and I would get up on the morning, and I've been praying now, give me today what I need for today. I have to admit, Maurice, before preparing this message, I didn't pray every single day, Lord, give me what I need today. You know what I need today, naturally. We're going to look at spiritually, you know what I need. I didn't pray that every single day. Now, not just some routine, give us a day, our daily bread. Bread represents need. Lord, you know exactly what I need today. 
Would you provide and, and help me lean into that? And then I may have to get out and do a little work. I may have to go gather and prepare. I may have to do my part along with what God is doing. Number two is bread represents spiritual provision. We'll go through this pretty quick. But bread represents natural need. And then also our spiritual need. Our sins have been forgiven. We have the joy of the Lord. We can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. We can have God's divine guidance and His divine will. We can have supernatural healing in our body. We can have deliverance from sin and deliverance from demonic oppression. There's a tremendous spiritual analogy to bread. You know what does Bethlehem mean? We, we sing it all the time. What does it mean? Who said it? House of bread. We sing, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. And what we're really singing is, Oh, little town of the house of bread. That's in the Hebrew. It's really there. So where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. He was born in the house of bread. Why? Because he is our daily bread. He's our daily bread. Look with me. We'll skip a couple of scriptures here. Look at John chapter 6. How many of you have heard of Jesus called the bread of life? The bread of heaven. John chapter 6 verse 31 declares this. After all our ancestors ate manna. They ate, what is it? And they journeyed through the wilderness. As the scripture says, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. So the Pharisees are quoting scripture. The Pharisees are saying Moses gave the people bread. And Jesus corrects them. He stops them. Jesus said, verse 32, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. Moses, he said, my father in heaven gave you the bread. And now he's offering you the true bread from heaven. It's Jesus. So yes, God is interested in meeting our physical needs. But God is really interested in satisfying the spiritual longing in our heart. Just like you are hungry for natural food, there's a God-shaped hole on the inside of you that only God can fill. The pleasures of this world, the riches of this world, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, all the things we can do to satisfy our natural sensations, none of them come close to Jesus being the bread of life who satisfies their every need. He is the bread of life. He says, I'm the true bread from heaven. Look at the next verse. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven, and he gives life to the world. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 7. I want you to see this as well. Physical healing in your body is called bread. Deliverance from demonic oppression. Freedom is called bread. He, you know why he says bread, not food? Because bread is not just our natural physical need, but it's our spiritual need. Jesus could have said, give us this day our daily food. But food doesn't have the meaning as bread. Jesus is the bread of life. So he's tying here physical and the spiritual. Look at verse 24. Let's read this together. Here we go, verse 24. Jesus got up and, and went away from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he didn't want anyone to know about it. Because he could not yet escape notice. He was, he, it wasn't his time to die. And so he didn't want these crowds to overwhelm him in this house. And you know, even Jesus needed a little bit of alone time. Ooh, that's a good word for somebody. How you know, even Jesus needed to turn Facebook off every now and then. Ooh, y'all don't like that. 
You know, Jesus even needed to get away from time to time. Do you want me to go back to talking about bread? Is this, <laughs> is this depressing to you? So look at here at verse 25. But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. And Jesus kicked her aside and said, Woman, I'm resting. It's not time for me to mess with you. Go away. No, that's not what happened. Notice this here. So verse 26, now the woman was a Gentile. Jesus hadn't ministered to Gentiles yet. She was actually a Syrophoenician woman. Totally different race. Really, Jesus as a rabbi had no business with this woman or this race. They were very culturally divided. And so Jesus honestly wasn't obligated to do anything for this woman. Notice this here. And she kept asking him. She kept asking and kept asking to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, let the children be satisfied first. It wasn't time in the, in the progressive revelation of Jesus, it wasn't time for his ministry to be to the Gentiles. He was called to the house of Israel. He said, let, it, let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, he wasn't directly calling her a dog, but the society called that race dogs. So he's bringing a cultural issue to bear. And notice here, what did she need? She needed healing for her daughter. He said, healing for your daughter is the bread that belongs to the people of Israel. It's the children's bread. So if you're sick in your body, Jesus is the bread of life. Do you, oh, this is so good. When we take communion, what do we do? We take the little juice, and that represents the blood of Jesus. For the forgiveness of sins. And then what do we do? We take the little thing of bread. What does the bread represent? Jesus took the bread at the Last Supper and he broke it and he said, This is my body and it's for your healing. Remember, by his stripes we are healed. By the stripes on his body we are healed. Jesus' body was the bread. He's the bread of life. He's saying, My healing and my freedom in your spirit world is bread. Notice here in verse 28, but she insisted and said, Lord, even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. In verse, verse 29, he said to her, because of this answer, because of your faith, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. Verse 30, going back home, she found the child lying on the bed. The demon had left. So yes, God, meet our needs. Pay our, help us pay our bills. And if you need a, it's okay to pray and believe God for a good car. You need a car that gets you from point A to B. You shouldn't have to have your car break down every week. It's okay to have a, a pray for a nice home for your family and children. Those are all things, appropriate things. But don't forget that we have spiritual needs. We have a God-shaped hole in our heart. Sometimes we have demonic oppression and opposition. Sometimes we have sickness in our body. And Jesus said, the, the power of God coming on your life is the children's bread. It's like the body of Jesus that was broken. So give us this day our daily bread. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Is this helping anybody in the house today? Good. Amen. Praise God, all two of you. <laughs> Depend on a word from God every day. Depend on a word from God for your life every day. Remember Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, he quotes Deuteronomy 8, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You need a daily word from God every day. You need a word from God every single day for your life. Well, how do I get a word from God every day? It's called the Bible app. 
Every day you turn the phone on, there's a thing there. There's a scripture of the day. There's a daily word for you. We need the word of God every single day speaking to us. And it may be a revelation word that God gives you, but it may be a scripture. It's so powerful. Look here, Deuteronomy 8. You shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness in these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse 3, he humbled you and let you go hungry. And then it says that he, he fed you with manna, which you didn't know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So let me summarize this as we, as we close today. So God gave them manna, Every day, so they would depend on him every day for provision. Every day they would depend on him for physical needs. And then they would trust on him. Jesus brings it now into the spiritual. Now we trust Jesus for our spiritual needs every day. I pray over the spiritual well-being of my children every day. I I pray over the spiritual well-being of our church families every day. Give us this day exactly what we need. Nothing more, nothing less. Give us this day. Look at Lamentation 3.23, one of the most powerful scriptures in the whole Bible. The steadfast love of God never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Can you say amen to that? Notice verse 23. I love this verse. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If you talk to God weekly, just on Sundays between 10 and noon... You're going to miss the daily mercy. Thank God for Sundays 10 to noon. Thank God you're here. It's really good for your growth in the Lord and community. But if this is your only time when you depend on the Lord for your... This, this is your weekly bread. Hang on, by Tuesday or Wednesday, that bread's going to be stale. And according to what we read in Exodus, that bread's going to have worms in it and it's going to rot. Because you need daily Connection with God. Give us to stay our daily bread. You need daily fellowship with the Lord. Last passage, Psalm 63, and then we're going to close. I think the psalmist David did this so well. Every day when you get up, give me this day what I need physically. Give me this day what I need spiritually. Lean into the Lord and let Him lead you and guide you. He'll give you a word. What was the word to the people of Israel? Go out and gather. Only gather this much. He gave them a word every single day. They had a word. God wants to give you a word for your life every single day. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. Let this be our heart. Let this be the heart of our church. Let this be our devotion and prayer. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. This, this is passion here. I'm in a parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary. I've gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Oh, how I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Do you know why we lift our hands during worship and why we lift our hands in prayer? Because we see the pattern through Scripture. He says, I will praise you. You satisfy me, verse 5, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Give us this day our daily bread. 
Give us what we need today physically and spiritually, emotionally. Because verse 7, you are my helper. I will sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me safely and securely. So when we say give us this day our daily bread, we're not just praying over bread. We're not just praying over food. We're praying over need. And we're praying over spiritual needs as well. And it's a daily connection with our Father, our Father in heaven. He wants to be with us every day. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you that you cause it to grow and bear much fruit. I bind every devil that would come to steal it in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to talk to your heart for just a minute. Hopefully you've seen through this prayer that God wants to be with you daily. God wants to create a dependency in your heart to, de- to depend on Him every single day for your provision. Maybe some of you in this room, you've been trying to make it happen. You've been trying to work it out. You've been trying in your own strength. And this morning, I sense the Lord would just say, let me be your strength. Let me be the wind in your sails. Let me be the the, the power that helps motivate you and drive you. Let me be your source. I just want to ask you this morning, ask yourself right now, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? What do I need to do with this message? Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Pastor James, I would like prayer this morning, you right where you are, just in your seat. But you say, I'd like prayer today that I'll draw closer to the Lord, and every day I'll depend on Him for my provision. Would you just raise your hand? Amen. Let's all stand this morning. I want us to take just a second in groups of two or three. Pastor Rick's going to come and pray over us. And then before you leave, uh, make sure you sign up for house to house. Pastor Rick's going to pray a prayer over the congregation. Let's get in groups of two or three and take about a minute, minute and a half, and just pray over each other. Just encourage one another in the Lord.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together today and that we really are a family here at Emmanuel. I pray for those that are new here to, that uh, have been coming here for just a little while that they would take the time to connect with those that are here in our church family. I pray you would help us to know the needs of others in our congregation, that we could pray with them, that we could do things for them, that we could support them with prayer on a regular basis. Lord, help our, our us to put our guards down and to be vulnerable. I feel like the Lord has put on my heart in the last minute or so that some of you, you just, there's some things you really do need some, you really do need some help. You're facing some things that um, maybe seem to be overwhelming. And um, it's just stuff that you've kind of buried inside of you. And I just want to encourage you, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is just speaking this morning. It's, you really need to talk to somebody. Don't seclude yourself. Don't isolate yourself. The Lord wants to use people around you. I don't necessarily mean like right this minute. Who's next to you could be that. But talk to some people in our church. Talk to some leaders. Talk to some godly people. And say, you know what? I'm struggling. And I don't want to deal with this on my own anymore. Lord, we thank you that you... Wipe our slate clean every single day because your mercies endure forever. That every day of our life is written in a book before it comes to pass. It's written in your book. And we thank you that you have created us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every one of us. Thank you for this message today, Lord. Thank you that help us to come to you every day daily and just say, Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. Help me to walk in obedience today. But there's things that I need and I'm depending on you. And we thank you that you meet us there every time. Thank you so much for your presence that's been here today. And thank you for this word that we've received this morning, Father. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name.